Welcome back to Glass Onion Minute. This is the Movie by Minute podcast. We break down the 2022 sequel to Knives Out, Glass Onion. We break it down one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host this week, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Today's episode, we are breaking down Minute 89. And Minute 89 begins with a gunshot forcing Helen to spill her drink. Oh my God. Really? Asshole. Now it's a party. I did it. Two weeks ago, I did it. You signed off on the power plant. Yep. When this thing breaks, poof. My whole base is gone. The grassroots lefties, gone. I did it too. And ends with our good friend... Kate Hudson telling us that she will be taking care of something. And I meant to say Birdie, but for a second there, I couldn't remember the character's name sometimes. I think of people in terms of their actor's name instead of the character's name. Sorry about that. That sometimes happens. Well, we have the beginning of this. We're picking right up from um, Helen pretending that she is Andy having the conversation where basically Whiskey has shown her true colors and she's trying to take a sip of the drink and she's in mid drink and suddenly boom the gunshot goes off and it was of course duke and she's you know it, it spit take comes about because look at no matter who you are or what you're doing or how much into uh you know guns and shooting you are when someone shoots a gun and you're not expecting and you're in mid drink you're gonna do a spit take i don't care how clever you are i don't care how with it you are way it happens and of course we see he shoots the gun and sort of puts it back i guess in his speedo i don't know dave batiste is awesome i love i i i'm unabashedly a dave batiste fan i love him in the guardians of the galaxy film where he has a great amount of brings a ton of humor to the game and i think he does a great job here like all the celebrities who appear in the the knives out movies i know that uh Brian Johnson doesn't want us to call us that. Okay, the the Benoit Blanc movies. How about that? Um, he he seems to be having the time of his life. Of course, he you know he's at the wrestler physique and everything. And we just remember we just finished having the scene with whiskey where we talked about the fact that he is well, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, and that he is aligning himself to a. BS line of you know man's rights and everything like that, and he is full of it. He the man is full of it, Mister, uh, you know Mister Duke Cody, and we see how dumb he is because he's firing guns and keeping guns in a speedo. Look at if you're a Second Amendment person, fine. We can have that conversation whether or not that's a smart thing to do or not. But the fact of the matter is. He's a dumbbell. He he, and that he is someone who whiskey looks up to. Remember, I made the last episode. I made a comparison to a shark and a remora, and the shark is the big, huge animal, and the remora is the little fish that sucks onto the shark and eats off their scraps. Well, <laughs> she is, you know, the, a, a, a script like this is not written randomly it's not a series of events where they hit shuffle we witness that whiskey 
it has to kind of hide the humanity that she feels that she's going to these events and she doesn't feel valued. She's going to these events and she doesn't feel like she's anything but arm candy, but she's willing to do it because being a sycophant of this person could possibly lead to a road where her Twitch brand, it grows so she can gain political power. And as absurd as that is, it's even more absurd when you see the shark. She's the remora, and this is the freaking shark that she's attached herself to. And this whole mentality of I need to be an influencer, I need to do, you know, I need to do this, that, or the other thing. Um, wow. It's just it it shows that you know when you when you attach yourself to somebody. And that somebody is a doofus. What does that make you? You know, I I remember I had someone who uh, I'm going to reveal something here, but I, a bunch of years ago, when I was out of work and before I was in between the time when I was a a video producer and became a teacher. I became a teacher initially out of just necessity. I needed to work. And then I discovered something I love doing. So now I have a vocation I can do for the rest of my life. And I feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. But I had been a television producer and a corporate video producer for a long time. And I was starting to feel like the people I was kissing up to were not people worthy of kissing up to. But I had to if I wanted to continue doing this. And this is the sort of the the cycle that psychologically I'm glad I took myself out of because I, you know, my wheels were spinning. And I remember there was one point a friend of mine tried to set me up to be the the video producer of some self-help person. And I remember meeting with the person and realizing midway through, not only would I never go to your self-help session, I'm not convinced you have any money to pay me. And just this looks like I'm going to be a sycophant of you. I'm going to be following you. I'm going to be, you are going to be blazing the trail that I'm going to be following on. It was one of those moments where I, I, you know, it was an eye-opening moment where you go like, oh, wow, I got to do something very, very different with my life. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to be, I'm going to be trying to ride in the wake of someone who is uh, uh, essentially a con artist. And you think about whiskey is trying to ride this person's, uh, you know, a boat to some destination that she wants to have political power. Uh, she's completely, she's put all of her chips into the, on the wrong number on the roulette wheel. But here's the deal. As we talk about her wanting to have, you know, become a political influencer and attaching yourself to the wrong, you know, to to the wrong boat. You would think that uh, Lionel and Cat and Claire are the two. You know, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character and Catherine Hahn's character seem to be the uh, more grounded in some sort of I don't know reality based view of life. That you know, they seem to at least be more logical. They seem to have be have a, a stronger grasp of reality. If not, you know, Claire seems to be always on the verge of nervous breakdown, and Lionel's head is down. He is he is he's as cheery as Eeyore. But you would think at least they've got the brain 
you know, working their head, they could probably do a better job of it. And what we see in this scene is, in a way, no, in a way, they're worse. Did what? I signed off on putting clear in a manned mission. The staff hasn't known it yet. Oh, God damn it. Let's just pray that Andy was wrong about this clear stuff. Now she was right. We put its gas form into household piping. There's massive leakage into the air. The hydrogen particles are too small. Hydrogen gas? Final. I sold my soul for this. You're telling me that it could literally turn people's homes into the Hindenburg? I will take care of him. Don't worry. Because Batista's character, Duke Cody, does dumb things like shoot guns in the air and make, you know, stitch videos or YouTube videos or whatever. But in the end, that's just dumb and silly. What Claire and Lionel are doing is possibly dangerous and catastrophic. And you see when they're in the pool, and again, I love how they do a lot of things in this film, where this scene that takes place between uh, Claire and Lionel could take place in a bedroom, could take place on, you know, sitting in chairs across a table, across a picnic table or something. But instead, they're in the reflective pool. And they're able to sort of have this conversation where they swim over to one side and they're having it again, showing that they, that they are uh, like being sycophants amongst this giant castle. They want to achieve what miles has achieved. They want to be this powerful person. And in a way, <laughs> you know, I was saying that whiskey is a, a remora to Dave, to a uh, Duke's, Cody's shark. Well, in a way, she's a remora to a remora. <laughs> she is a sycophant to a sycophant. And you know, Claire and Lionel are trying to achieve the power, or at least the perceived power, that Miles has. And everything is still whatever power they have, whatever importance they have, is all built on a framework of what Miles can offer them what miles can give them in terms of uh for claire for the technology that she's banking her political future on for duke just access to channels that they're all acting like they are it's it's this massive house of cards this massive game of jenga that they are all built upon a foundation of begging miles for this power and in the conversation, it's revealed that the power source that Miles is championing is uh, intensely dangerous, and we're seeing this situation. This, uh, you know, we're we're seeing this the scene take place in the uh, uh, you know in the uh, uh, in the swimming pool where they're talking about clear, which is of course spelled with a K because why not, is an alternative fuel. And we're seeing that Claire has put all, and she said she sold her soul for this, meaning her entire political future is based upon the success of this. And it's revealed by Lionel that it's incredibly unstable. It's hydrogen base of which Claire basically says the the quiet part out loud which is this could turn a house into the Hindenburg this is so unstable and so dangerous and there's no way 
this could be a sustainable energy. And Claire has attached herself as if to say she is going to be the champion of this. I've sold my soul to this. And while I've poked fun at whiskey and I've poked fun at Duke, and I've said that Claire and Lionel seem to be the most logical, but in a way they're so much worse because what they have attached their political lives to and their political and, and her political power to and all her ambition is something where she's done so little research on that she knows so little about it that the fact that it is so toxic that it is so dangerous that it is so volatile is something that she didn't know until right then and there you would think that would be something that she would have vetted you would think that would have been something that she would have made a mental note of hey what about this could this uh can this be sort of kind of sort of dangerous and it's revealing something of all of the people who are there, whether they have a mild ambition or, or a relatively mild ambition of being a video influencer or a Twitch influencer or a YouTube influencer or trying to have actual political power. She's the governor of a state and obviously has ambitions granted that's maybe to be the president or whatever. And her entire political life is based upon whether this thing will work and she knows nothing about it. And what does that say about the mentality of the people who we are assigning our, you know, the role of power? We saw that Whiskey wanted political power. Well, now Claire has political power, and she is wielding it in a way that is as, as irresponsible as Duke firing the gun off. You know, you roll your eyes at how silly Duke is and how dangerously is firing the gun but claire's about to turn people's homes into uh, uh an inferno and lionel signed off on it so even the people who have the outward image of being intelligent the outward image of being responsible they're not they're not and of course we saw that helen is now snooping and yeah, they're having this conversation at the edge of the pool and Helen is able to be underneath it and not seen. Yeah, we, you kind of have to sometimes uh, understand there's a certain heightened reality to this movie. You can't look as, oh, that's not realistic because there's this is somewhat of an operatic film in terms of some of its visuals. I love that a lot of times you saw in you know, Knives Out that like Benoit Blanc's face would appear like within a stained glass window, just perfectly framed. There's going to be a heightened reality. You can never look at this film and think, oh, this is not a realistic. It wouldn't exactly happen like that. Of course not. There's a freaking glass onion in the middle of the island. You know, and they pull up the boat and and Miles is there playing Beatles song uh on the on the dock. They're things that just visually are you know of a heightened reality and we got and you have to be able to deal with that. So yeah, they poor wouldn't have the conversation in short declarative sentences at the edge of the pool so Helen could hear it. But you know what? It's part of how it's it's just part of how the film unfolds. It's part of the style of it. You know, there's an unrealistic part of all of this. The first film was like a walking clue board. And this one, there's all sorts of crazy elements, which we're certainly going to see when you go throughout the 
the the mansion throughout the island. So you just have to you have to roll with a lot of things, and um, and if you do roll with it, then it's a really fun ride. And so we hear we so Helen, who remember Helen doesn't know these people as well. I mean, she's acting as if she's Andy, but she's learning these things for the first time and it's kind of realizing herself these were a bunch of dumbbells these are truly a bunch of dumbbells and we've gone through that with Lionel we've gone through that with Duke we've gone through that with Whiskey and now we're going to go through it with Birdie and the final shots of her saying uh, you know she'll take care of him hint that something is going to go on in number 90 and of course Benoit's in the pool so everyone has to sort of swim away from him because they're afraid that he's snooping little that they know the snooping is happening at the other side of the pool man these are just people who may look and feel intelligent but man they're not and it says a lot about the people you know there's there are things going on in this film there's things going on under the surface on this film and there are things that are going on uh at the edge of the pool in this film that are all worth noting and so once again, we're starting to see, are these people really smart, positive, and influential people? Or are they just a bunch of dipsticks who have access to money? And I think we know where the film is going on that particular uh, strand. But you know what? That's all we got to say about minute 89. My last minute of this week is coming up. Um, hey, um... If you want to follow us, uh, follow us on social media. Uh, is it Twitter? Is it X? I don't know what it is. Neither do you, but it's the handle is at Glass Onion Min, all one word. Uh, you're on Instagram at Benoit Blanc Minute, again, all one word. If you're on threads, go to threads.net slash Benoit Blanc Minute. And, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, comment. Leave a, you know, tell people about it on the podcatcher of your choice. So, wrapping up Minute 89 and seeing how Birdie is going to take care of stuff in Minute 90, this has been the latest episode of Glass Onion Minute, part of Knives Out Minute Podcast. I'm your host this week. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.